0: Welcome to show 46 of the C-Suite podcast, which is being recorded at Cannes Lions, the 64th International Festival of Creativity. I'm Russell Goldsmith, and this is the second year in a row that I've had the privilege of recording the show at this amazing venue. And once again, the team from the International Communications Consultancy Organisation have allowed me to base myself in their Ico House of PR, which is situated in one of the uh, cabanas on the beachfront outside the main festival hall. This series of shows that we're recording here are sponsored by Capstone Hill Search, so a big thank you to them for enabling us to bring the podcast back. And to kick off proceedings, it's a warm welcome back to the show to Zuleika Burnett, Executive Director for Creative and Innovation at Havas Life Medicom. Zuleika was actually on the first of the podcast I produced at last year's uh, CAN too, so this is becoming a bit of a habit,
1: isn't it? <laughs> Hi Russ, I'm delighted to be back in Cannes. Um, real honor to be here with Lucy McRae and lovely to see you again.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, so you've done my introduction for me there. Lucy uh, is uh, joining uh, Zuleika on this show. Now, uh, Lucy, um, you describe yourself as a body architect. So, to get this uh, podcast uh, going, I'm sure, and I'm sure you've had this question on many occasions, but I've got to start by asking what is a body architect?
2: Hi, Russ. A body architect was a fabricated job title that won me a job at Philips, the consumer electronics company, where I led their far-future design research lab for four years. And when I went in for the interview, they gestured towards a a board that asked me which grid did I fit into? Was I a fashion designer, a communications interaction designer, and didn't fit into, into any of those? Um so I came back the following week and told them that I was a body architect and they slid the contract along the table and then I started the following week.
0: Okay, well, well, we'll come on to a little bit more in detail of some of the things that you've done because I've been uh, actually watching some of your videos before this um, this interview to do a bit of research and they are absolutely fascinating. But we'll come on to that in a second. Um, you two were presenting earlier this afternoon on the Lions Health Inspiration Stage um, in a session titled Probing Healthcare Frontiers Through Convergence of Art, Technology and Health. So, um, Laker, maybe you can give us a, a quick overview of what you were discussing.
1: Sure, so we took three Three themes. Uh, Lucy came up with the themes, and the themes were vulnerability, serendipity, and exquisite risk. And through those themes, we talk about we talk about the extremes, right from the superstars in healthcare, all the people talking at CAN, down to the healthcare heroes, so the people on the front line. And we were talking about how art and science fiction drive culture and innovation and why design thinking can shape the future of health so right from those superstars through to the everyday people
0: how did that uh, go down in the session uh,
1: it went really well I think that it was the best content there today um, not biased I say not so biased myself. in any way <laughs> not at all um, I think that Lucy brings something really special to the sector and there are a lot of lessons to be lessons to be learned from the way Lucy approaches creativity yeah. through her work and as designers writers innovators in health have a lot to learn yeah. especially in the agency world where probably we're very much focused on the entrepreneurial side of things and probably not enough focused on the artistic and the creative side of yeah. things
0: well, well let's let's come to you lucy on that because as i mentioned I've, I've watched some of the videos um before coming out here to Ken. um your short films make your maker um and the project uh, for the future day spa absolutely brilliantly creative um they remind me of the kind of charlie brooker black mirror episodes that kind of like seeing a little bit into the future where do these ideas come from <laughs> and you might want to explain what, you know, obviously for the listeners who haven't seen them yeah. right, those, those two projects.
2: So Make Your Maker was exploring the extremes of genetic manipulation. And I was curious about the deliberate modification of life, which is ge- genetic engineering in a very small right. explanation. And looking into CRISPR research, I became, became really interested in my own genetic makeup. So Make Your Maker is a film about a woman who uses technology as a liquid and you blend gender and ego like a chef makes a cake. So you clone your own body and you eat it in order to enhance your senses. Right. And the concept of eating yourself in order to enhance is absurd. But what's important is to hover the imagination and to think about what scientific what-ifs could exist and for it to not be a decision just for scientists or technologists. And this is what we were talking about at Can Lions today was um, how can we bring in mindsets where we design with doubt, which is kind of considered a weakness, and how can we use those as a, as a tool or gateway to innovation? Some of the, the most... Um, pivotal moments have happened when I am out of my comfort zone and I explained one today where I was sitting on a bus in Canada and willingly put myself into a place where I felt uncomfortable because I knew there was a guy from NASA who was an economist from NASA sitting on the bus and so after two hours I went over and introduced myself and he said to me NASA are concerned with the complications of growing a fetus in zero gravity and since that very moment, that was two and a half years ago, my artworks have pointed towards how can we understand far futures like zero gravity and the implications they have on the body, and how that might benefit health and life now.
0: The videos that, that I watched, they're, they're short films. Have, have you ever, or, or would you like to do something that's you know more feature film led, or, or you know like I said, a, like an episode of Black Mirror or something like that.
2: Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) I I was doing thumbs up there. Um, I'm currently reading a script, a feature film script, and I'm very interested in creating an episodic um, TV show that connects science fiction with science fact um, and exploring these ideas around you know the future of the body and how different scales of science and technology are slowly transforming us yeah. and who is having who is making those decisions
0: and one of the um ideas that i, I believe you presented on earlier um which again i've read about the swallowable uh, perfume idea H- how far are we away from something like that actually happening
2: so swallowable perfume is a cosmetic pill that works from the inside out that allows human skin to emit a biologically enhanced fragrance when we perspire so essentially that sort of technology can turn the body into an atomizer and if we impregnate that pill with color then we sweat cosmetics so this is a story where technology is liquid um, and I actually released the campaign when the technology wasn't ready it was just an idea but as a byproduct of releasing something when it's not finished which is being vulnerable which was one of the themes that we discussed today it's opened up channels with fragrance houses pharmaceutical companies who are interested in commercialising the idea wow. so I feel like it's the, f- the first steps about, about creating prototypes and then from there you could think about where that would evolve Incredible. from that point
0: So Laker, let's let's bring this back to the presentation from um, earlier today because this is all very nice very creative this is fascinating stuff how does it all tie in with healthcare and those people on, on the front line?
1: Uh, good question, Russ. I think that it's, um, it's been an interesting process putting this content together already. So um, all I can say is that what we did was reference six stories from the Healthcare Heroes campaign. That's a Havas Links campaign. And we used their stories in order to demonstrate how vulnerability Serendipity and exquisite risk um, um, come to bear almost. How patients who are living with quite serious conditions and who have um, endured quite difficult circumstances and illnesses use their own creativity to solve their personal healthcare challenges. Can you
0: give some examples?
1: Yeah, so um, we use six stories. Um, One of the stories is a story about a lady called Kate Granger. She's a junior doctor herself and she goes to California and both her kidneys fail and she comes back for tests and as she's waiting for the results, the junior doctor delivered the devastating news without any introduction, any eye contact, any compassion and he said, your kidneys have failed and immediately, obviously she was devastated, destroyed, it was so dehumanizing, yeah. but immediately she wanted to do something about it. So the action at that point of vulnerability, the, 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 the ability for the human to act, you know, it's quite, it's quite fascinating yeah, how we're yeah. so resilient and how we will fight for, for what's the, the best thing to do. So she started a campaign called Hello My Name Is and within two years, she had the support of 100,000, or more than 100,000, doctors and nurses, receptionists, porters in hospitals up and down the country in the UK. And she was awarded an MBE for her services. Brilliant. So, yeah. so there's, a, there's a really good example yeah, of vulnerability Um, and if you want I could give you examples for the other two topics but I think that's a a pretty good. Let's let's, go on let's let's have another one. Really? Yeah go on. (laughs) Okay so the Royal Free Hospital were looking for a solution to how to make tissue, um, turn tissue into a human nose so grow a human nose from tissue. Okay So they were looking for somebody who could create a mould. It sounds like one of Lucy's
0: projects, but go on, carry on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They were looking for somebody who could create a mould that would produce an accurate, bespoke and perfectly formed human nose from human tissue that they could grow biologically and transplant onto people who'd lost their noses. Right. And they searched and searched and searched. And eventually they found a guy called Matt Durran, who is a glass maker. So Matt Durran was already experimenting with lots and lots of different materials and he was experimenting with glass and especially the properties of glass. So the fact that it's transparent, the, fa- the fact that it's an inert substance, it also will pick up um, loads of detail. If you look at glass, it's a, it's a very refined and beautiful substance and they, they, they spoke to him and gave him the project so he went into the, the experimentation mode started to experiment with the, with the material and eventually or finally he came up with the ideal solution that worked something that worked and what a great story because yeah, talk about serendipity it, it, serendipity is about beautiful chance right so that beautiful moment in time where two things suddenly become crystal clear and it works so yeah in in this case he never expected to work in the healthcare arena and they never expected to be working with an artist you know it wasn't it wasn't um in the plan originally Mm. Um, but ultimately it went on to create something that worked and and helped many people.
0: Well that I don't don't know if that's going to actually answer my final question but what I wanted to ask both of you was what the message that you were hoping to get out you know to the industry from your presentation today and and of course to to this podcast. Lucy let's, let's come to you on this one first.
2: I started off talking about that I was caught in a cafe by an old colleague back in Australia who asked what are you doing here and without really thinking I said that I was writing my funeral speech and the certainty of death seemed like a really fitting place to start when we were talking about health and the future of health and so we were interested in provoking people and asking them are they coming from the place where they really want to be coming from? Are they making the, the choices or are they coming from a mindset that utilises things like doubt or vulnerability? Because the, I've learned that when I work from that vulnerable place that the projects become far bigger than what I could have imagined and I've realised that, that that's been a really rewarding experience. So our kind of message was what if you know everybody could op- operate from a place of more risk then how would that pan out? Would the world become more certain? Would people quit their jobs and, and do something else?
0: Anything to add to that, later?
2: Yeah, so if I can answer this
1: question from a, an agency um, perspective. Um, so we practice creativity in one of the most challenging sectors, I feel, and I've worked in other sectors, um, travel, all sorts. Um, and I think it's challenging because it's constantly evolving we are innovating at an exponential rate. So you can imagine from an agency perspective, we're always having to be on the cutting edge. We're pushing ourselves all the time to somehow have the next best idea, to be on the edge of, of, of what's new and what's happening. It's a very competitive arena. So I think the important thing to say is that I believe that this gives us very exciting opportunities for how we do things in the future and as designers and innovators in health we play a critical role in bringing patients and healthcare professionals into our work because they have the insights we don't have. We need to be more connected and really break down the boundaries between agency and the people on the front line and also the people who are on the cutting edge in terms of innovation so this whole story was about bringing us all together um, and I think that's a really important lesson for the future.
0: Great way to start these uh, CanLion uh, podcasts. Um, Zuleika Burnett and uh, Lucy McCrae, thanks for joining the show uh, we are back after this.
1: Capstone Hill Search are global
3: recruitment experts for the public relations public affairs corporate and digital communications industries. We are the only recruitment partners to the PRCA in the UK, PR Council in the USA, and the ICCO's endorsed recruitment partner internationally. With offices in London, Melbourne, Sydney, as well as New York, covering the UK, Europe, continental USA and Australasia, whether you are looking for a new role or have a role to fill, get in touch at capstonehillsearch.com.
0: Welcome back to the C-Suite Podcast here at the Ico House of PR at Cannes Lions and um, I'm delighted to be joined by two colleagues of Publicist Life Brands. We have uh, Shahid Pira, Executive Creative Director and Khalid Latif, Associate Creative Director. It's actually the second time that Khalid's been on the show because we uh, chatted last year at, at Cannes, didn't we? We did. <laughs> so welcome back. Thank you. Um, now these guys are, are going to be talking about a project, it's actually a pro bono project that they've been working on for one of their clients which is Malaria No More. Um, but it's actually quite an important Uh, story, I've actually been chatting to them uh, just before we started recording this uh, because it's also about finding new talent in the industry, but let's start with what the
3: campaign's about Um, Shahid, let's come to you first, tell tell us about uh, Malaria No More Um, Well it's an amazing charity Um, they came to us um, about two years ago at Cannes actually, Um, we met them on a beach, they had set a young lion's brief, um, and it was quite an amazing sort of opportunity for the kids to work on and we started talking to them, and they basically said, look, you know, we, we're looking to create something. So rather than a classic uh, awareness campaign to the general public, they've got an initiative where they actually go um, to businesses um, like UK um, businesses like Next and Jack Wills and et cetera, where they basically ask the CEOs to be part of a really exclusive club. And they ask those businesses to basically contribute towards... Um, their fundraising so it's slightly different um but we work a lot on business to business anyway they they they've got some amazing statistics that are quite humbling this is something quite shocking um, malaria is the single biggest killer of of, uh, of human beings um 50 of, of humans have been wiped out from malaria since the wow. start of time Um, That's an incredible statistic. It's it's incredible. And and just the the economic impact that has on countries and governments. Um, So basically the link between the economic impact and getting businesses to support Moderna more because of the financial impact that it does have on on not just communities, but on governments and on on the world as a whole. So it's a really different approach um, that they have. It's really unique and really quite lovely. So they basically said, look, can you help us um, create something that engages the CEOs? Because they've got their sales model already sorted out with a you know, 15, 20 PowerPoint presentation slide. So they wanted something to introduce the the PowerPoint to basically just make them shocked, basically. Make yeah. them go, wow, and get them to sort of jump off of their chair and go, I need to, I need to help you. We need to be part of this solution. Because right. it's, you know, this is not just a, a single problem for someone Somewhere in you know Africa, this is like the biggest single killer yeah, on the yeah. planet.
0: Okay, now now the reason why I found this quite interesting is that um, you didn't go to your top creatives in in, in the company. This actually the, the result the the resulting creative actually came out of an initiative that you guys have got called the Lab. Carly, do you want to just explain a little bit about that and and how this mm. all you know how the ideas you know were mm. generated?
4: So the Lab is an initiative that we've been running for about three years, I think. And the whole point of it is that um, because diversity is an issue in our industry, right? And uh, I think the advertising industry as a whole, there's this perception that it's it's very difficult to get into. Um, We have a lot of people who apply that, that, you know, have have worked at ad agencies before. Um, They've been around a bit. They've got a very strong CV. But you start seeing the same people and it's kind of the same. They're very samey often. And what the lab does is it brings in uh, young talent from anywhere. And in fact, I don't think or there's old, even... old, or old, There isn't even an age cap on this thing. Yeah. It's like, wherever you're from, whatever you've been doing, uh, however old you are, you can apply to the lab. And um, we've uh, we been running it for three years. We've had a, an amazing amount of applicants. It's been going up every year. And um, the guys that we got are just, they're just amazing and just so humbled by what they can do yeah so, th- so tell us about the uh
0: the team that, that worked on on this uh on this particular brief then
3: um yeah so i mean as, as Khaled said like diversity is like a huge issue in in our in our in- not just in healthcare agencies actually just in all communications across the uk i think i think the last statistic i read was something insane like 86 percent of people who work in communications in the uk are from white middle-class backgrounds and you know, there's a huge gap between even sort of females in in sort of top leadership roles. So, you know, the whole idea of the lab was to really try and frack, if you like, into a different pool of people, and and, and really kind of give the op- it's like the X Factor, right, for people who would not 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 normally have the opportunity to work in in an industry like ours. So these girls um, are literally from. You know, we, we would never in a million, million years be able to access people like that. So Rosie, um, who, um, she joined us as a junior director from the lab. In fact, she didn't win the lab, she, but she was so good, we kind of just gave her a job straight away. And so Rosie was, uh, she was living in Ireland at the time with her parents and just pretty much just stuck in her bedroom, just living a dream in her head, but really had no idea how she would do it. I think she always wants to come to London, but she you know like like most jobs are very difficult to get, and if you don't have the experience and if you don't have the right qualifications, if you don't have the right portfolio. Um, it's 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 not impossible but it's very very difficult so um, through the lab we basically connected through uh, many charities who were are connected to a lot of a lot of young people as well as older people who just want a different um, they just want a change in their life and they're, they're, they're connecting those types of people to organizations that are willing to give people a break so Rosie was pretty much you know, I, I remember like when she came into the to the, to the third round and she looked a bit like Ziggy Stardust. You know, she had the, these crazy dungarees and a floral shirt, and she had these massive, silver glittery platform shoes and crazy ginger hair, and she, she sort of attacked me almost towards the end, and she was showing me some ideas that she would she had done at home, and one of the, the first projects I think was um, if if <laughs> if if postmen were prostitutes. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? And it had absolutely nothing to do with health and wellness or anything that, on the face of it. That we could we would go oh yeah that's right for us but what she what she bought to the table was something that you can't give anyone right you can't give anyone that drive that passion that desire and that's what she had she was oozing with it so we gave her a job as a junior designer so rosie came from ireland from her mum and dad's bedroom and sophia Joined us as a as an account executive. Um, she lived in London, so she was more local than, than Rosie. But but Sophia was just one of those classic young kids who was just really bright, but just really had no idea what she wanted to do in life, and just happened to come across the lab um, again through some of our partners. And, um, and
0: these aren't graduates; they're not.
3: So we uh, we, we yeah. So the, the lab. So because we don't see a CV, right? We don't actually know in the beginning yeah. where they've come from. So we've had many, many people who've literally dropped out of school, like no no uni or college experience. But they get at the same time, we do get people who have. So Sophia did go through college, but I think she was unemployed for about 18 months or so right. with just absolutely just no idea what she wanted to do. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it was a mixture. Brilliant. Really.
0: Okay. All right, so let's bring this back to the, the, the case study that we're talking about. Um, these guys have come up with um, a great creative idea for a film. Um, college, do you want to tell us about it?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, we got the brief uh, from the client, um, obviously the stra- uh, the st- we got the strategist at, at, at the agency, they crafted the brief and then the creative team was briefed and Shahid completely stepped back from this, that was the point point. Um, and myself and uh, my colleague Yvonne, we, we, we ran it but it was a room full, honestly the room, the room at the time when we had the first brainstorm, I think there were about 8 or 9 creatives and account handlers all under the age of 30. Most under the age of 25, I think. You know, we, we we put paper on the table and just went for it in terms of coming up with ideas. And the one that really stood out after a couple of rounds of this was this one idea um, that Rosie kind of started the seed for, and then and then it grew from there. And the idea was um, it's, it's incredibly clever because it's 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 addressing the problem head on, the problem that Malaria No More wanted to solve, which was how do we inspire these high net worth individuals to it was in the brief, actually. How do we get them to say, what the fuck? How? That's amazing. I must be part of this. So this, this, this film was a what the fuck film, basically. And because we were, we, were, we were targeting high net worth individuals, the film was all about putting malaria out of business. So we created the, this... The, the, the film's about malaria as, as a business. And I think all I can say at this point is you just need to watch the film. You just need to. Wa- yeah. You need to watch it. Yeah. Well, I I have. Ju- there's a, there's a little. You know, I have it'll just ruin seen it, it completely. Yeah. Otherwise. No. Absolutely. I have yeah. just
0: seen it, and it and uh, and it and it is absolutely brilliant, and it and it really does <laughs> grip you from the from the first. An, uh, an interesting uh,
4: fact as well is that um, for the last over the last fifteen years, um, we've managed as a species to to eradicate I think half half of malaria cases over the last fifteen years. So what Malaria No More want to do is just completely kill it and we can achieve that in our lifetime but of course as with everything you need resources and these are the guys that have the resource, the influence, the power to do something about it. So we better tell our listeners where they can actually go and see it then? So if you go to malarianomore.org.uk it's on the homepage.
0: Okay and uh, um, Shahid what's what's been the result then?
4: Um, Yeah crazy so...
3: I think in the first two weeks, it had 46 million shares, Um, so Richard Branson kindly retweeted it, um, as he's quite a rich business guy himself, probably had a similar reaction to him, Uh, Bill Gates uh, Foundation did, uh, I think UNICEF did, the funniest actually, my favourite one was Rent-A-Kill, and you have to see the film to sort of make (laughs) sense of that, (laughs) So, well, I'll. I'll
0: sh- I mean, when I come to write the show notes up, obviously, I'm going to share the share the link and we'll we'll yeah. tweet it out um, as yeah. well. Yeah.
3: Thank you. Um, so, I mean, that was within the first two weeks. Um, our our client has uh, had a huge amount of um, data and collecting data, um, which hopefully they're going to share with us um, in the next sort of couple of days or so. But as we sort of stressed in the beginning, this was just a brief to to start a PowerPoint presentation, and I think once we had finished the film and everyone had seen, you know, what the girls had done with Khaled and Yvonne was that it, this, this could not be contained to a handful of people, you know, in a, in, a, in a conference room. So, you know, the will to put it out into the public domain on World Malaria Day was actually not in the brief. I mean, actually, Mm. the brief originally was it could be an infographic, (laughs) you know. So I think to sort of just hammer the point, I know it's sort of everyone's been going on a lot about diversity and and all those things. But I mean, you can literally go from a brief that that says give me an infographic if you want to that film from two girls from completely diverse backgrounds who have never ever ever worked in our industry and they can achieve that in 18 months is quite frankly a testament to the importance of diversity so you know one of the one of the proudest thing of being the creative director on this particular thing i can hold my hands up and say i had nothing to do with it and 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 that's the and that's the great thing i mean what i did do was the lab so i mean you can kind of see the results of, of that in action i suppose and and I just think for for the girls themselves and the agencies and the, and people, again, who are sitting in their rooms thinking about, well, I, I'm good at thinking of ideas and I, and I love, you know, communications, but I'm just not good enough. I don't have the right qualifications. This is, I mean, they are the case study, right? And I think the only thing that I would urge other people to do is just just look at their own agencies, look at their own initiatives and please copy the lab I mean the lab is not original you know lots of agencies in well actually community. this doesn't just hmm. have to be within agencies no. I mean in any industry yeah. we're, you're talking absolutely. really right. aren't you? yeah I yeah. am absolutely yeah. 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 absolutely um, and yeah it's it, and I think it, it for the network um, from a publicist health perspective this is this is now rolling out globally so this is going to be running alongside their the traditional graduate recruitment scheme um, and it to be fair Quite frank, I think it's sort of it keeps people in our agency when you can when you can run such a worthwhile initiative that just ticks every box. It you know the agency saves roughly around just under forty thousand pounds a year in recruitment fees by running that program. So I mean everyone's happy, <laughs> you know the finance guys, the CEOs. Creatives. I mean, everyone couldn't be happy. And the energy that these people bring is just phenomenal. And when you can do work like that, and you can get Richard Branson to retweet your work. I mean, what's not to love about that?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure my show sponsors will be happy. They're a recruitment
4: company. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. no, no. Well, Don't they worry. can
3: do the same, right? They can do the same. They can exactly. do their own lab. We <laughs> love recruitment <laughs> companies. Just,
0: just put that in there. That's yeah, no, yeah. our favourite no 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 it's not a problem at all Um, excellent well that's um, a a great case study and a uh, clearly an important message in terms of talent within this industry so Shahid Pira and uh, Khalid Latif of uh, Publicist Life Brands uh, thanks for joining the show Um, I'll be back with more interviews from Ken on the uh, next uh, podcast Um, but don't forget in the meantime you can subscribe to uh, the C-Suite podcast on SoundCloud iTunes and TuneIn just search for the C-Suite podcast and there's also a Facebook group and a Twitter feed that you can follow and get involved in the uh, discussion as well and of course if you want to contact us about the uh, the series um you can do so you can find me on twitter um just search for at ross goldsmith or you can use the contact form on the website at c thanks for listening and goodbye